is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Josh Johnson, Ben Watts, here with you, talking fantasy football. We've got a fun episode, Ben. we got a good one. How you doing, Ben? How you been? I'm doing, doing really well. Enjoying the weekend. Today's episode, what do we have, Ben? I'm having a banana right now. Fair enough. While you're having a banana, we'll be talking about my guys. Uh, I, I think... It's that time of the year when we have been talking all off season long. We've done like 25 episodes of this podcast. And if you've been listening to all 25, you have a pretty darn good idea of the guys we like, the guys we don't like. But my guys episode, it's a chance for us to give final. We just get to talk about our favorite guys. Yeah, it's like a it's like a little polish on top. I think a couple of my my guys I haven't talked about a ton but I'm very in on them this year. A couple of yours are sort yeah. of the same way. Um, so they're kind of, and like some of them you'll, you'll think like, obviously like, okay, yeah, well that obviously that's, uh, yeah, he's a really good player, but they're guys we like, we're really high on them. We think they'll probably perform better than their ADP. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a mix. Like we have some sort of personal attachment to this player and uh, we are, very in on them for 2022. So, without any further ado, Ben, kick us off. Not give a lot us of news. Th- there's really not. Not that I can. I mean, nobody. Nothing really to talk about. Nobody died today, so so we're just gonna hop well, into it. Somebody probably died. Somebody somewhere probably died. No but. football players died. <laughs> the important people. <laughs> the ones that are relevant for this show. Uh, <laughs> kick us off. Give us your first, my guy, Ben. My favorite my guy, or one of my favorite my guys, and it feels wrong because he played for Clemson, but it is T. Higgins. He's going as the overall, I think, 24th best player or something. He's like the three early early third-round pick, wide receiver 10 overall. That's juicy. And you may think that's a little high. I don't. I think T. Higgins is 100% that guy. Last season, when he and Chase were both on the field, he had a 23% targets per route run, while Chase only had 21%. So he beat had Chase there. I think he had a higher target share when both were healthy. He had a 25% target share when both were healthy. I can't remember what Chase is, but I know it wasn't that. So, yeah, I'm just really high on T. Higgins. He's a phenomenal player. The, I think the offense should be better than last year. They improved the offensive line. Joe Burrow has a, just another year of experience under his belt, as does T. Higgins. Jamar Chase is going to face the top coverage most of the time, so which is just going to free up even more space for T. Higgins. And I, I definitely see a world where Burrow is supporting two top ten wide receivers in this offense. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I think earlier on in the offseason I was – and I maybe – it was because of the how last season ended and the Higgins truthers came out in droves and they were so loud about how into T Higgins they were. And I was like, listen, he's the wide receiver two on his offense. And 
you know, that not that I don't like him because I definitely ranked him high. I just wasn't willing to say, oh, he's a top five wide receiver. Like there were some people saying, which I thought was ridiculous. Top 10 for dynasty. I could see it. Oh, good God. I guess that's a different conversation entirely, but I can see it. It just feels so, so rich. I don't think I'll ever get wrong, but don't you, I, I, it could easily be one of those like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, was it 2019 when both of them were just blew the doors off kind of thing? They did. It, we could be looking at one of those situations. I, it, I, I guess it's possible. Um, yeah, I just, I am in on T Higgins at like <laughs> slightly discounted rate. Um, I do, I do like him a lot. Uh, wide receiver 10 for me is maybe a little bit juicy, but I'm not really that far behind it either. Um, I think, in my personal rankings, I've got him at like 12, something like that. So I still do like him. Um, and I, I do think he'll be good this year. Yeah. And this is like, I guess when we're saying this list, like when you see wide receiver 10 or something like that, and you think that's too high, like if I was in a paid league, I'd take him at wide receiver 10. Like I'm I'm that legitimately in on him. I'm just saying it like, I think he's going to be legit. Fair enough. My first, my guy, I've talked about him possibly more than any other player all offseason, which is, I guess, just <laughs> just the nature of his polarizing situation. But it is Cortland comes. Sutton. No. Uh, <laughs> Stop it. He's going at the 310 right now as the wide receiver 16. I'm very in on that ADP. Um, here's why. He's Russell Wilson's wide receiver one. I believe it wholeheartedly. I like Jerry Judy. Um, and I do have shares of Jerry Judy in do Dynasty Leagues. Do we need to have this talk again? We, we do not. But. Because I didn't put Judy on my list, but I can do it. All right. <laughs> ben, I you understand like, me? I like Judy. I rank Judy high. I've got Judy when, in, in other leagues. But I When are I you do going believe. to understand that he is better than Cortland Sutton? He's not. Uh, Cortland Sutton is the downfield threat for the offense, even with. <laughs> garbage quarterback play last year he had a 15.7 average depth of target um he had 29 deep targets last year and russell wilson is both a uh top 15 in air yards per attempt quarterback but he's also usually top 10 in uh downfield passing efficiency so what do i see with Cortland sutton i see that He's got the potential to win me weeks. I see like that Mike Williams type of archetype where um, he could go get me 102 touchdowns on a week. And I do think that he will be fairly safe, uh, have a pretty decently safe floor in the offense. I see a potential for 10 plus touchdowns next year. And so I'm in on that. I think that, you know, he could have a stat line that might be like 1150 and 11 or something like that and and end up finishing pretty high in fantasy football he could even go higher in the yardage uh department now that tim patrick has gone i think that was that was sort of the linchpin for me being like really all in on Cortland sutton because that was a that's a big blow that that so tim patrick was taking snaps in training camp before his injury as a starting wide receiver opposite Cortland sutton so jerry judy was not the full-time two uh, in in their normal packages, Jerry Judy was coming in on the slot, uh, but it wasn't every down. So Tim Patrick, Colton Sutton were the every down wide receivers. And when Tim Patrick got hurt, obviously it boosts Judy a lot. 
Um, and so now, you know, by Judy, but what it, uh, what I think it does for Colton Sutton is it just gives him a little bit of a safer floor with target share in this offense where you could see him getting, you know, 20 to 25% target share. Uh, and with Russell Wilson, I mean, that, that, those are valuable targets. Those are going to be really, really good targets. And I think that some people just aren't willing to acknowledge that Russell Wilson targets are significantly better than the targets that Cortland Sutton has been getting from Trevor Simeon, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Like these are not good quarterbacks. And uh, I think Cortland Sutton improves massively. Uh, I think I've got him ranked at like wide receiver 13 or something like that. So I'm not like, like I've seen, uh, you know, you listen to the fantasy footballers, right? Mike Wright has Cortland Sutton as his wide receiver nine. So he's very in on Sutton. Who, who are they? They, I, just a small, you know, indie podcast, right? Okay. Just a, just mom and pop show. Uh, so there are folks that I think are probably more on Sutton than even I am, but I am definitely in on Sutton for fantasy football this year. Yeah. Sutton's going to be really good. <laughs> See, even you, even you were like, yeah, he'll, he'll be good. Uh, he'll be good. See, I think this is how this is going to go. Like, I'm going to say for your my guys, yeah, they'll be good. And you're going to be like, they're going to be amazing. And then uh, my guys, it'll be the inverse. Uh, your number two, my guy, Ben. My number two, my guy, would be Mr. DeAndre Swift. He going to be good. You may, you may say that's not really my guy. Yeah, everybody expects him to be good. You don't understand. I expect him to be amazing. <laughs> like, I, I get... No, no, seriously, like I get, you know, obviously there's injury concerns, whatever, what have you, but I, I honestly think he could have the same upside of a Christian McCaffrey to where he is just an absolute cheat code. He averaged like six targets per game in 2021 in the 13 games he played. And two of those games, he like barely played weeks 12 when he got hurt. Week 17, he came in and really didn't hardly play at all. So through the first 10 games last year, he led all running backs in receptions. He's got a really good offensive line. Hawkinson would be back healthy. They, um, Amon Russate Brown has established himself as being good. They brought in Jameis Williams. You can see some of that as maybe a downside. I think it'll just boost his efficiency because it's not like those guys are going to come in and I think just dominate target share. I think it's still going to be Hawkinson. It's still going to be Swift. And he's RB1. He's my... My hot take of if it's not Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey, it's going to be DeAndre Swift is the RB1 this season. Woo! That's spicy. Um, I can see it, though. We did, a, we did a post on Instagram. By the way, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore if you haven't already. Um, if you're not following us, what are you doing? You are missing out. But we did a carousel post where we talked about the guys that have the potential to be the overall running back one. And basically in that post, I broke it down to where there's two archetypes that you're looking for. You're looking for either a running back who gets 50 receiving yards a game or a running back who gets 90 plus rushing yards a game. Uh, it ended up being like 95 plus or something, but roughly that. So you're either looking towards like Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, that obviously would get that like 100 plus rushing yards every game sort of output, or you're looking for like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Todd Gurley when he had his run, and DeAndre Swift, guys that can give you that 50-plus uh, receiving yard threshold and then also the potential 
uh, workload that comes with the passing game of the potential receiving touchdowns. Uh, so yeah, I and mean, in ten games he hit in ten games he hit the fifty receiving mark. He had fifty three through the first ten games. Yeah, that's that's receiving yards per game. Oh, I thought you were talking about receptions. I'm like, he had that. What are you talking about? No, no, no. Recept- no, not 50 receptions. It's 50 uh, receiving I, I yards per you. game. But, I mean, he did hit that. Like, last year, he was giving you 50 receiving yards a game. I think it was something like, what was he, like 56, maybe? I'd have to look it up. But uh, I think he, he had... He was over that. I, I can pull it up real quick uh, while you finish up. And he's going as, you know, you're getting him in the second round, like early, mid, second round. He's got the RB8. Overall, and if like obviously, if I'm this high on him, like I'm predicting him to be the RB one, like you're happy to get him as the RB eight because that's you're getting somebody like Anaji Harris or Justin Jefferson in the first round, and then you're snagging DeAndre Swift in the second round. Yeah, I mean he he could blow up. I will I will grant you that DeAndre Swift he is really could good. absolutely break fantasy. He could. Um, my second. Do you have anything else uh, you want to do on DeAndre Swift? No. Just draft him. Cool. Draft him. <laughs> My next guy is a guy who's going pretty a uh, little bit later, but I think he's got a pretty large upside. We've got Alan Lazard here as my number two my guy. He's going in the seventh round as the wide receiver 38, and I am very, very in on Alan Lazard. If you listened earlier in the offseason, there was an episode, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but there was one where I was telling people, pounding the table for Alan Lazard, go draft him. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers wide receiver one, uh, despite the presence of Christian Watson, despite the presence of Sammy Watkins, all the rumors that flurled all off season, you know, who's it going to be? I told you, Alan Lazard. Turns out it's going to be Alan Lazard. Christian Watson has a knee injury that he's been shaking off in training camp. He's not been able to get that rapport with Aaron Rodgers. You've heard uh, news about Romeo Dubs, and uh, I'm he was a was a fourth round wide receiver. I'm I gotta see that before I'm into it. So Dubs is eliminated. Christian Watson is eliminated. Sammy Watkins is dead to me. It's Alan Lazard. Uh, the Green Bay Packers have the most vacated targets in the NFL. Alan Lazard only had like an 11 and a half, 11.6% target share last year. So you might look at that and say, okay, he wasn't actually good last year. But if you look at a per touch basis, Alan Lazard scored a ton of fantasy points per touch. Uh, he was number six in quarterback rating per target last year, number five last year in fantasy points per target. He had eight touchdowns on only 60 targets last year. And you might look at that and say, okay, that is, that is a large touchdown dependency. I don't know if I'm in on that. If he can give you eight touchdowns on 11%, that's, that's the argument for Gabriel Davis. That's, everybody's losing their minds over a guy that gets, uh, gets work in the red zone from an efficient quarterback uh, and, and doesn't get a huge target share. That's what Alan Lazard was last year. That's what he's been. He's averaged like nine and a half fantasy points a game every year, but he's only getting like 50, 60 targets. It looks like he's going to get a huge uptick in target share, at least from what it's been before. I'm not saying he's going to get 140, anything crazy, but I could see 110, 120 targets. And 110, 120 targets from Aaron Rodgers are super valuable targets. He will have touchdown upside because he'll be the number one pass catcher in the offense. Sure, 
Aaron Jones will factor in a bunch. I'm really in on Aaron Jones, but Alan Lazard should be the number one wide receiver in the offense, should be really, really good for fantasy. And I think at the wide receiver 38, he's a steal. I'm I'm almost oh my gosh, yeah, he's I'm almost to the point where I'm about to say he's a lock to be top twenty four. Uh I don't know if I'm yet ready I, to go I there, but I agree I think with he's that there. if you said that. You would what? I honestly I would agree with you. You said that like I again I'm not gonna take him there because I think I can get him way later. But I mean if you like you said, just look at what else is there, look at how many targets are vacated, like it has to go to him. Like who it is who who else is it going to go to? Yeah. I, and hundred and ten targets from Aaron Rodgers is better than pretty much any other quarterback. Yeah, Rodgers is the efficiency king. So like you know, you don't need like DJ Moore gets 163 targets in Carolina, but I would rather get 130 targets from Aaron Rodgers than 163 from Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield or whatever. Like those targets are super, super valuable. Um, yeah, like not not to knock Devonte Adams in any way, but like obviously he's seen a massive target share, you know, on, with Aaron Rodgers. But he's been he's been efficient with that massive target share too, and that's what's made him like a cheat code in his own right. Like he scores had 160 targets, yeah, that's great. And then you score 18 touchdowns to go with it. Like my Ooh. gosh, I mean, if Alan Ro- Lazard can mimic even a little bit of that, right? Yeah, and Lazard should I think get an opportunity to be very very good. I do still like Christian Watson, um, but I don't. I don't think if you were to break it down over the full season, Watson sort of figures it out. Watson might be a guy that next year I'm in on, uh, but this I think he starts really slow and then figures it out and maybe comes on a little bit down the stretch of the season. So, you know, don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, I, I just, I'm buying Lazard at his price. I'm really excited about that price. Uh, and I'll just take him and I'll have him as like my wide receiver three or four and, uh, you know, watch him blow up a little bit. You reap the benefits. You're number three, Ben. We've talked about him before. You love him. We've had a, I've had to come a up shouting him. match for him, about him, in our rankings debate. This was a while ago we did a rankings debate, but I was highly upset with you when you had him so low. Well, I've, I've adjusted, but I still, <laughs> I still don't think I'm as high as you are, Ben. Probably not. My third is Michael Pittman. He's going in the third round as wide receiver 12 in, you know, expert consensus rankings. And, like, he's he's set up to absolutely smash, dude. Like, I I think he could be he's, – he's top 10. I would, I would almost guarantee he's top 10 this year. Whew. Like, last year, when you look at what he did under Carson Wentz, like he had a 24% target share last season. He ran – he ran routes – on 96% of dropbacks last season. Do you know the two wide receivers who finished ahead of him? He was third in that category. I'm guessing they were good. They were good. It was Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. That's pretty good. So only only two other wide receivers ran more routes on his team on the percent of their team's dropbacks. And that was with Carson Wentz. I think he was finished at like the wide receiver 16 in PPR, I think. And that was with Carson Wentz. And it makes me upset when I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't think Matt Ryan at this point is really an upgrade from Carson Wentz. He is absolutely an upgrade from Carson Wentz. 
And historically, Matt Ryan has heavily targeted his wide receiver one, and he has produced some elite-level stars at the position. You look at Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, and his wide receiver one deliver for fantasy. And Michael Pittman, if you look at the stats, like this, he has an absurd target share. He has an absurd number of routes run, and he is 100% not even close to the wide receiver one in Indianapolis. They added Alec Pierce, what have you. He'll be a good field stretcher. Who's the other guy there? Paris Campbell. Yeah. He is. He's not even close to Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is going to have a monster target share from a huge upgrade at quarterback, and he is going to absolutely dominate for fantasy. I think my only pushback for Pittman, um, I don't have much because I do think he's going to be really good. I just acquired him in a dynasty league, so I I I do like Pittman. Uh, my one pushback though is he only had one week last year where he scored 20 plus fantasy points in half PPR scoring. Um, and for all of his target share, he did not, he didn't score like you would want to. And so I think some of that remains to be seen with Matt Ryan. And so like, that might be why you've got to like buy in on him now before he pops. Cause if he does blow up, it'll be too late. But, um, I still am wanting to see, is he going to score enough to support this, uh, this ranking? Cause if you're going to, if you're going to be ranked at like wide receiver 10, you've got to score like nine plus touchdowns. Um, and honestly, he probably needs to get in that double digits to really feel good about it. And so I'm not sure, you know, is he going to score enough to support that? He had six touchdowns a year ago with Carson Wentz. Uh, I would like to see that go up. I, I would like to Wentz. see 10 plus. Here's here's my next complaint here. <laughs> Outside of Cortland Sutton, who in the end I agreed with you, I've supported all of your my guys, and you come out and try to trash my my guy. Listen. Michael Pittman. This is not about you. <laughs> this is my guy. <laughs> so you shut your mouth and talk about your next my guy. <laughs> my next my guy is uh, Saquon Barkley. Going at the 204s, the RB9, going right behind DeAndre Swift in drafts. Uh, in fact, they have the same average ADP, both at the 204, which is really funny. Um, Saquon Barkley, we, we all know him. We're probably all tired of him. But uh, he has been the RB1 overall already. Uh, and then in the year that he wasn't the RB1 overall, he averaged like 18 fantasy points a game. Then he got hurt. And we have been living with two years of injured Saquon Barkley. And I think finally he is healthy again. He's only 25 years old. He's got an upgraded offensive line. He's got an upgrade at coach. Thank God, finally. And uh, Brian Dayball, the new coach, has said he wants to use Saquon heavily as a pass catcher. Video from camp shows Saquon catching one-handed passes in the corner of the end zone, left, right, and center. Uh, they have utilized him in training camp at least so take that for what it's worth um as a pass catcher in the red zone between the uh, the 20s he's getting work there is literally nobody who's going to steal touches from him matt Breida is the second guy uh you know second running back on their depth matt Breida is a good player he's he's a good player in college um <laughs> and the the gap 
between Saquon and everybody else is ridiculous. It's like it's pretty similar to the uh, Najee Harris and Najee Harris's backup sort of situation where there's nobody else that they're going to give touches to. It's going to be Saquon. And Saquon is an elite athlete. And I think he is coming back into a good situation where he is healthy. The offense is probably not amazing, but I think he's going to get three down workload. He's going to get all the goal line touches, all the pass catching work. Uh, And I think Saquon Barkley could be gotten at a stealing price right now. The 204. I I am close to the point of saying he'll be top five. I'm I'm ready to be hurt again. I I think he could be a top five running back this year. Uh, He's just, he's too talented. He's going to get too much workload short of injury happening. Knock on wood. Uh, I think Saquon Barkley smashes this year, and I am very excited with my one Saquon Barkley share going into this season. Okay, since we both talked about him and they're going back-to-back, if you are on the clock and you're staring down DeAndre Swift or Saquon Barkley, which one are you taking? See, this is really difficult because I love them both. Um, I think there's risk associated with both of them. Uh, DeAndre Swift is on the Lions offense, which is not a great offense. And Saquon Barkley is coming off of two years of injury. So, you know, there's that. And the Giants offense is not very good either. It's not. It it might be like marginally better than the Lions, but it's it's not great either. I don't even know. I guess it's a pick em, honestly, with the offenses. So it neither one of them really. I like the not O-line good. for the Lions a little bit better. Right. Quarterback's um, problem. I mean, they pick whichever one. They're, they're both. Yeah, they're very blah. Yeah, very man. I probably, good grief. Let's put it this way. Let's put it into context of a team situation. If I have a roster that is a few years away, I'm probably going to lean Swift because he's younger and he does not have the catastrophic injury history. Granted, he does have an injury history and uh, he's only played 13 games two years in a row. So he's like a different type of injury history than Saquon. Um, if I am close or in a position to compete, I might lean Saquon because I do think that Saquon finishes better this season. Uh, next season, I don't know. Uh, Saquon, I think, has the ability to be a Konami code, cheat code running back like DeAndre Swift. Not quite to the same level, but similar. Uh, so I probably lean Saquon if I need a run at a championship this season, this coming season. And then if I want to keep the window open a little bit longer than that, I probably lean Swift. But I, I think you can pretty much go either way and feel really good about it. Okay. I don't. I guess you would go Swift in both situations. Yeah, I, I would still go Swift both situations. Just because from where I'm picking, I think if all the situations are pretty much the same anyway, I think Swift has a little bit more upside to me. Fair enough. You're taking a risk with either player, so if they're both risky, I'm going to go with the one who at least I think can finish higher. Fair. Your your final, your last, your uh, last but not least, my guy, Ben. Who do we have? It's finally not a guy who everybody knows or everybody thinks of right away. It's Rondale Moore. Wow. The tiny explosive little receiver for the Cardinals. Going in the 10th round, going as wide receiver 53. He's way down there. And 
he's he's I think he's good. He's talented. He was a second round pick. He we've seen flashes last year, not a ton, but you saw bits and pieces of what he can be. He's very fast. AJ Green and Christian Kirk are gone out of that offense. DeAndre Hopkins is out six games. So is it six or seven? It's uh, six games. Six games. So for the first six weeks, he and Marquise Brown are kind of it. You've got Zach Ertz there. You know, I, I like him as a tight end. Don't really know how much yet. But it's kind of him and Marquise Brown are going to dominate the wide receiver targets. I'm assuming if that's the case, his A dot has to improve from what it was last year. He had a 1.2 A dot, which is insane. That's he was mind, mind-numbingly low. He was a screen game or bust player last year. That was that was basically they were handing him the ball off in the passing game. But, I mean, with the lack of targets or, or lack of weapons, especially the first six weeks, I think he's really good anyway. He's going as a wide receiver 53, so you can get him for next to nothing. I think there's a lot of upside to be had with Rondell Moore. Yeah, I, I think you certainly could take a shot and be pleasantly surprised with Rondell Moore. Uh, he might have an opportunity I'm not saying he's going to be you know, top 24 or anything like that, but I think he's going to have weeks where he's going to surprise you. He's going to be startable. On weeks, yeah, no, I he probably carries in some deeper leagues a flex uh, consideration going into the year. Yeah, my final my guy to close the show out, a guy that I have not talked about a ton, but I'm very excited for this year, Mister. You are very high on this guy. I am, uh, Mister. David Montgomery, and maybe okay, maybe I'm high on him because of the type of player he is and, and that might be it but uh he is he's going in the fi- uh, fifth round at the 509 he's going as rb20 uh so he is he's really interesting because he could be very flexible depending on your draft strategy if you wanted to go pretty much a zero running back start and then get a uh a running back in the fifth round instead of waiting to like the seventh or the eighth montgomery's perfect um he is He's going to be the three-down guy for the Bears. Uh, no touch competition, pretty much at all. Last year, granted, different coaching staff. You're not worried about Khalil Herbert at all? Not really. Um, when, and I guess I only really have the past with those two guys to pull off of, so I'm not exactly sure how this will split, but I do think it is, at worst, like a 70-30 split. Uh, but last year... I mean, I know... Like, I know Herbert was good when Montgomery was hurt, but then Montgomery came back and just dominated again. Herbert vanished again. Right. He he took every single touch once he came back from injury last year. And I think that that is, to a lesser degree, what's going to happen again this year. Um, he averaged, he's, he's basically given us two straight years of good per game fantasy production. Obviously finished as the RB4 two years ago. He averaged 13 and a half fantasy points and half PBR scoring last year per game. He would have finished as the RB7 behind Zeke if he played a full season. Obviously, he got hurt. So, you know, that that sort of played into it. But he, he represents a really safe floor, which I personally enjoy in a running back. Um, he's not going to be a guy that's going to go give you 30, but he's going to get all the touches on a bad offense. It looks a lot like James Robinson, where, you know, James Robinson finished as a top five running back on a terrible Jags team. 
And it's a thing that can happen with these running backs where if they're on a bad team, but they get all the touches, uh, that can translate into fantasy success. We saw it with Najee Harris last year. He got eight bajillion touches and he ended up turning in a top five running back season. We've seen it before with Christian McCaffrey. He's been on a pretty rough Carolina Panthers team, but because he's Christian McCaffrey and gets every single touch, he's amazing. David Montgomery's not quite those players, but he is a good running back that's going to get a ton of touches. I think he represents a pretty safe floor. We'll give you like 13, 14 fantasy points and half PPR, about 16 in PPR. Um, I'll take that. Like I, I will enjoy that from my RB2, potentially RB3. Um, if you go robust running back in your drafts, you could get you know a running back in your first, second, third rounds, uh, take a wide receiver in the fourth and get Montgomery in the fifth, and then you have like a super squad of running backs. Uh, he's, he's somebody that I'm very interested in, potentially because of cost, but also because of the workload that I know he's going to get. Uh, and, and I like chasing workload. I like knowing that guys will get every single touch in their backfield, get all the goal line work, get the pass catching work. Um, and, and I think that that is the recipe for success in fantasy football and Montgomery represents the, uh, the success there. So I'm in on him. I think he's going to be pretty good. I've got a couple shares of him, uh, as like my RB three on a couple teams. And I feel like he's going to be a really, really solid, safe, uh, won't win me a week, but will definitely just give me a good foundation for my team that will let other players then win me the week. So Dave Montgomery, my final, my guy, uh, and, and that'll do it for this episode. Ben, you got any closing final thoughts before we close this thing out? No, I'm just, you started talking about drafting Dave Montgomery and I'm thinking of a robust, heavy team where you go, see if you're getting him at the back of the fifth, what is it you're getting... Maybe Mixon at the end of the first, heck, Swift at the beginning of the second, then you grab maybe Sutton into the third, and you're grabbing Montgomery later. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a that's a great start. You could even, you know, go like early tight end with one of those if you want to get if you know you're gonna try for Montgomery later on, you could go obviously the the board has to fall to you that way, but you know, you could go uh Aaron Jones, uh, Mark Andrews, and then maybe, um, I don't know, what's a running back in the uh, late third? Probably ETN or somebody like that. Yeah, Mixon, Andrews, ETN, Sutton, and then uh, Montgomery in the fifth. Could be pretty interesting. Could be a pretty solid team. That'll do it for this episode. If you enjoyed it, Share with your friends. Tell somebody about it. We got football coming up. The fantasy season is Thank about to start God. here soon. We're posting tons it of content. It cannot get here soon enough. It cannot. We are one month away today. Holy cow. We're recording this on August 8th. Holy cow. Ben, one, I can't wait. One month. Oh, my God. We are We're killing it. We're enjoying it. Uh, we're posting tons of content here on the podcast. We're also doing a ton of stuff on Instagram at Fantasy Brothers underscore. We just passed 4,000 followers over there, Ben. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's pretty good. I did. Pretty this good is, days. It's extremely exciting. It's a fun time over there. Come check us out on Instagram. Uh, we frequently will uh, will do AMAs, all kinds of fun stuff, posting pretty regularly over there. Um, but that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you next week uh, when God knows what we're doing. We don't plan ahead because we're not that type of show. Uh, no. 
We'll we'll see you then. How about maybe that? we'd be better if we planned ahead? Who knows? Maybe but we we're would. not gonna do it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna stop. Why why would we do that? No, that would be self improvement. Get that out of my face. <laughs> That'll do it for this week. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.